0: Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about focus, what it means, why it matters, what interferes with it, and how to improve it. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 173. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, which is a great online accounting software that, as I've said, I have been using myself for well over a year now. They're offering you, as a productive woman listener, a free 30-day all-access trial so you can find out for yourself how it can help you manage your business's finances. To check it out, you just visit freshbooks.com woman. Now, FreshBooks was rebuilt uh, uh, last year, and it's not only really easy to use, even for people like me who don't like dealing with numbers and money, uh, but it's also packed full of powerful features that let you manage your business efficiently and effectively. Aside from how easy it is to do things like generate and send invoices, I appreciate the helpful, informative dashboard, which greets me each time I log on with a clear visual of exactly where things stand with my business finances. What's been invoiced? What's been paid? Who owes what? What expenses I've incurred in which areas? There's no guessing involved. It's all right there in front of me in in a real easy to use format. As I said, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to Productive Woman listeners, and I encourage you to check it out. If you're an entrepreneur, if you are a solopreneur, you're running a small business of some sort, and one of your goals for this new year is to get your money figured out and get things organized, I I encourage you to try out FreshBooks. I've been really happy with the service, and I think you will be too, to check it out, with that 30-day trial, just go to freshbooks.com slash woman and be sure to enter the productive woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Okay, so let's get right into the main topic of this episode. This episode's topic was actually born out of a practice a lot of people follow around this time of year. As I'm recording this, we're just into the first week of, of the new year, and a lot of people around this time of year choose a word of the year as kind of a guidepost for the coming year. I did that a few years ago for for a few years, and then I don't remember what year it was, but oh, three or four years ago at least, I switched over to choosing three words for the year. And I got that idea from Chris Brogan. I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, his latest blog post that talks about his three words for 2018. He's been doing that choosing three words for the year since 2006. And in this post, he explains his process and the intention of doing this. He talks about it being, and I'm quoting here, three words that have personal meaning to you that you will use as guideposts for your chosen path forward in the coming year. And I won't go into the details of kind of how he does it. I I recommend you to that, uh, that, uh, blog post of his that I'll link to in our show notes, but the the idea is that it, the words you choose don't have to mean anything to anybody else. You just choose a word or words that have meaning to you personally that will kind of be touchstones for you in the coming year as you, they're connected to the goals that you have for yourself for the year. So like I said, three or four years ago, I started the practice of choosing three words for the year, one of my words for 2018 is focus. And like all the words I choose, and I've talked about this this in past episodes a year or two ago. I'll I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. Uh, but but I always choose words that have more than one application in my life, that they might be both a um a noun and a verb, so a thing. Uh, and something I can should do and that focus is certainly that focus is a thing I want to develop more of in my life but I also want to focus more And also, um, I talk about it or when I think about this word in the context of using it as one of my words of the year, I'm thinking about it in two levels at least. One of them is staying focused on what I'm doing at any given moment, whether it's a task I'm doing. Or the person I'm with, uh, but being focused and right there in that moment and minimizing distractions and developing my attention muscle. I'll talk a little more about why I might need to do that this year. So that's one level, staying focused on what I'm doing at any any given moment. But the other uh, level of focus that I'm talking about and using the word for this year is just generally spending my time, my energy, attention and my money on what's most important. So having a focus to my life, uh, a direction and intention. So that's why the word focus is one of my words. I I need to um, develop more focus this year in both of those meanings that I've talked about. And so I thought I'd bring you a little bit along for the journey as I talk about this, because I think it's important. And so I I started doing some research about focus for my own purposes and thought I'd share some of that with you. So what is focus? Focus. I'm a lawyer, I'm a word person, I'm a writer. uh, So words matter to me. I always start with what does the word mean? And I, you know, I looked up a couple of different uh, sources. There was one online dictionary said to focus just means to pay particular attention to. Wikipedia says focus or attention. So it kind of uses those words a little bit interchangeably. Is selectively concentrating on one aspect of the environment while ignoring other things. So focus is putting your attention on one thing and intentionally kind of ignoring other things for that period of time. And Wikipedia had a lot of other interesting things. It talks about attention being the behavioral and cognitive process of selectively concentrating on a discrete aspect of information while ignoring other perceivable information. And it goes on to say that um, attention has also been referred to as the allocation of limited process. Processing resources. And I think that's important. It's going to come up through our discussion today, that idea of applying those limited processing resources. The idea behind that is attention is a finite resource. There are limits to how much and how long we can focus. And we're going to talk about what that means for us as we go along. It just happened that after I'd started outlining and researching this episode, I got an email from the Skillshare folks about a Skillshare course that they had. uh, And this is one, I'll put a link in case you are a Skillshare subscriber. I think this one's available for free right now, but they had one called productivity today, managing attention in the digital age. And it's taught by Kevin Siskar, who's the managing director of an organization called the Founder Institute in New York. And there were, I so I, I thought, well, that's interesting, good timing. I'll take the hour or so, or I think it was less than an hour altogether, and watch this and see what he has to say about focus and intention and attention and all those sorts of things. And he refers in the course in that course on something he calls attention management, which he defines as the ability to focus your attention effectively and and intentionally. So when I'm talking about focus, uh, as we're t- talking today, that's kind of the, the context that I'm talking about. Paying particular attention, um, selectively concentrating on certain things and ignoring the other things, and being able to focus our attention both effectively So we're getting results from it and intentionally doing it on purpose. Well, why does all this matter? How does focus, what does focus have to do with productivity? I I think that focus at various levels is absolutely necessary to accomplish anything we want to accomplish from writing a book to completing a quilt to, you know, cooking dinner to building a relationship, anything that we want that matters, that we want to accomplish is going to require focus to one degree or another. And one of the ways this all relates to productivity is I think often when we feel like we're not getting enough done or our productivity is uh, is not what we want to be, and I'm using air quotes around productivity there, productivity in the sense of producing results, getting the things done that we want to be, uh, be getting done is, it's not, our productivity isn't what we want it to be. And when that happens, the temptation is to look for a new system or a new approach or a new tool because we just kind of think, well, if I could just get, you know, a better task manager, then I could focus better. I would get better results. But one writer, one article that I read as I was uh, uh, researching this said, and I'm quoting here, personal productivity is a matter of habits, okay? So we've talked about that in the past. It's our habits. It's the things we continually do and routinely do and regularly do and consistently do. That's what causes uh, productivity. That's what results in us getting things done that matter to us. And And so when we're not accomplishing the things we want or need to do, this writer says the problem usually has to do with focus. And I agree with him. I think it's, I've certainly experienced that myself, that when I'm not getting the things done that I need or want to do, it's not because I don't have systems in place. It's not because I don't have the right tools to get it done. It's that I'm not um, focusing as well, my attention, I'm not managing my attention as well as I should. And so that's... um, You know, that's why it matters. Carson Tate, who those of you in the Productive Woman Facebook, uh, the community Facebook group who were part of the book club, uh, she's the author of Work Simply, which was our first uh, Productive Woman book club selection uh, this past summer. She wrote in a Huffington Post article a couple years ago and cited a study that found that, and I'm quoting from her article now, interruptions, distractions, and recovery time consume 28% of the Average Knowledge Worker's Day. Uh, She notes that experts say it takes an average of nearly 23 minutes to get back to focused work after an interruption. So let's think about that. We need to be able to focus to get certain things done. And when we are interrupted for whatever reason, and we're gonna talk about some of the things that do that, it takes us a long time to really get back into the flow and get things done. And there's research that shows that the lack of focus not only slows us down in completing our work, but it actually may affect the quality of our work. There's a study that was described in one article that found that students who were interrupted while working on an essay produced lower quality work. And I'll I'll link to that article in the show notes as well. That was interesting and a pretty short read. So that's part of why it matters. In order to get the things done that we want or need to get done, in order to do them with the level of quality that we can be satisfied with or proud of, we need to be able to focus effectively and efficiently and intentionally. But for me, this issue of being able to focus, that is manage my attention, is about more than just getting work done um it's also about being able to nurture the relationships that matter to me it's something that's something we can't do when we can't just pay attention to the person we're with because our mind keeps wandering off to things we need to do or things we need to remember so so focus is important it's a key factor uh, uh, being able to pay attention and I'll kind of use those words interchangeably through the rest of the episode, being able to do that is important for us to be able to accomplish what we want to accomplish and therefore make a life that matters. So what interferes with our ability to focus? There are a lot of things and there's a ton of research out there that just, this has been written about a lot and I'll have a, a, a link or a kind of a list of some articles that, that I looked at. That and I'll link to those in the show notes so you can check them out if you want to do a little research yourself for whatever reason. But there are a number of things that I thought of uh, that interfere with our ability to focus. The first thing for me that came to mind was there's just an overabundance of inputs, there's so much coming at us all the time from the internet, from social media, from television and podcasts and, you know, people in our lives and everywhere we go, there's so much coming at us. We talked, uh, I think in last week's episode about the constant noise that surrounds us and the absence of silence and time to, to just think undisturbed. So there's that plus just the endless stream of information coming at us. There's so much information available to us, too many things clamoring for our attention, And um, as a side note, the brain, as part of its survival function, tends to respond to the new and novel, which it sees as a potential threat and needs to check out. Um, So, whatever new thing pops up new alert, new social media thing, whatever um, that is going to get our brain's attention more than the project we're working on. So, there's so much coming at us all the time noise, information, et cetera. Um, Kind of tied to that. in addition to just the overabundance of inputs and the overwhelm that comes from that, there are just interruptions that come. There are external interruptions that come to whatever we may be working on that we need to focus on. If we're at work, it may be people coming into our office. If we're at home, it may be, you know, our our kids coming and asking us for things or our spouse or roommates, that sort of thing. Just people coming into where we're working and wanting to talk to us. There's phone calls, there's emails, there's social media alerts, there's all kinds of things like that, that are external interruptions to the work that we're trying to do. Sort of as an external interruption, those things that impair our physical health, because um, poor health can make it hard to focus. And so whether it's insufficient sleep or illness or any of the uh, dehydration can affect our ability to think and focus. So those are some external Uh, What I'm categorizing is external interruptions that impair our ability to focus. But there are also internal interruptions when we have too much on our minds. And that can be because we wear a lot of hats. Most of us do these days. And so we're just struggling to uh, be able to focus because there's just lots of thoughts going on in our head. We're going to talk about some ways we can deal with that. Now, as a side thing, there are sort of neurological and, and, you know, chemical reasons uh, why we may have trouble focusing and I count this kind of as an internal interruption, for instance, ADHD. We talked about that some and its impact on on productivity with Emily Prokop in episode 80, among other places. According to WebMD, the symptoms of ADHD include trouble paying attention, so um, you're easily distracted. Feeling restless and fidgety can be an, an adult symptom of ADHD, kind of tied with the common term we think of is hyperactivity. And then poor impulse control is another one. Anybody can feel any of those at, at some times. But if it's a persistent issue for you and it is affecting your ability to do the things you need and want to do, then I encourage you to consult a doctor about options to, to see, maybe get diagnosed and, and see what the treatment options are. So there are, there are internal and external interruptions that interfere with our ability to focus. And then there's simply just trying to do too many things multitasking. We've got too much on our plate, too much going on. And we're trying to do multiple things at once. We're, you know, listening to a, a podcast while we're, you know, writing a paper or something. And people say, think they can do that. But the fact is, um, that is multitasking. You're not able to focus effectively on either of those things when you're trying to do them both at the same time we've talked about multitasking at various times in the past. I'll I'll put a link to some of those episodes as well. But the fact is, the science shows us that over time, multitasking actually impairs our ability to focus, it weakens our ability to pay attention. Um, And so that's part of the issue. And the other part is just, most of us are really privileged in a way to have many choices for what we do with our time and some of us want to do it all so we have less time or attention for each when i watched the that skillshare course that i uh, mentioned earlier the instructor mentioned a university study that confirmed something called the Zygarnik effect Uh, that basically is that people tend to remember uncompleted or interrupted tasks better than completed ones. So when you're trying to do, you have lots of things on your plate, you have lots of projects going at the same time and whatever that, that impairs your ability to focus because the things you're not doing actually draw your attention more than the thing you are doing at the moment. So those are some of the things that impair our ability to focus or interfere with it. So uh, what can we do about it? What can we do to create focus, to improve our focus? And so I came up with some things for us to think about. I say us because I mean, these are things that I'm thinking about for myself. I have uh, struggled at times over the last few months with being able to stay focused and on task with whatever project I'm working on or task I'm working on at at the moment because I've got so many other things kind of on my mind and, and drawing my attention. And so uh, that's part of the reason the word focus is one of my words for the year. It's something I want to <laughs> focus on uh, this year, improving my ability to stay on task, work more efficiently because I'm not wasting time and, and starting and stopping and dealing with that that issue of the, the time it takes to get started again. And so uh, as I share these things, these ideas that I've come up with or uh, that I discovered in my research, mostly I'm going to be talking about the first level of focus that I talked about earlier on, uh, that is focusing on what you're doing at the moment, focusing on the actual, whether it's a conversation or a task of whatever sort. We'll talk in future episodes about staying focused in general on what matters once we've identified what that is and on making space in your life for, for those things that matter by pruning the less important things. But these, these ideas will help with that too, but mostly I'm talking about being able to stay focused on what you're doing. So here are some of the thoughts that I had to that end. Uh, number one is to figure out when you're naturally more or less focused. So this is becoming more self-aware. And I think the way to do that, and this is something I'm going to be doing is is to just track it for a day or two. Uh, keep a log of times when you catch yourself working with sustained focus on a project. Or, um, you know, just easily spending time powering through your to-do list, getting things done and really staying on task and staying focused. Make a note of that, uh, what was happening, what you were doing, what time of day it was, how much sleep you got the night before, any of those kind of things. And then conversely, when do you find yourself... Uh, ignoring your important work project to check Facebook or watch YouTube videos or something. Keep a log of those things as as well. And again, note the time of day, maybe what the weather's like, um, how you felt at the time, what it was you were doing, you should have been doing and what you were doing instead. So just log that, uh, for a couple of days and then look at it and see if you can find some patterns and, and find that, you know, it looks like I'm always more focused between these hours of the day, or I just always kind of lose my focus at this after lunch or whatever it is and and see if you find those patterns. And then if you can adjust your work schedule or your work plans accordingly to uh, target the the tasks that you want to work on that require more focus for those days and times of days that are you, you're just naturally more focused and so on. So that's one thing. A second thing is to cut the clutter that's overloading your schedule by being more intentional. That is more intentional about what you're doing and when and this this log that i was just talking about will help with that because you become more aware of when you are more likely to be successful at a certain type of work and but be very intentional and aware of what you do and when you're doing if you're generally good at focusing but you can't seem to be Uh, to stay focused on a particular project or a particular type of project, maybe ask yourself why and is this work uh, that maybe you shouldn't be doing or that you could delegate if that's an option for you, if there's a certain type of project that you always seem to have a hard time focusing on. Um, So that's another way and cut out the things that maybe just aren't the right things for you to be doing. Also being more uh, intentional about when you say yes and when you say no, cut out those that clutter in your schedule. Uh, So that's a second thing we can do to improve our focus, to make more space, to pay attention to the thing we're working on at any given time. The third thing is to Practice. I think we all need to reject multitasking and practice intentionally doing one thing at a time, uh, pick and, and, you know, work on that. We got to build that muscle up. So I think if we, uh, choose something that we're going to work on, uh, and we're going to intentionally work on just that and nothing else, and maybe not have music playing or not have a movie on or whatever, um, and, and just intentionally focus on one task. When you find your mind wandering, just notice it and gently bring it back to the matter at hand and just practice. Now, there are some things we can do to help uh, build that muscle of intention or attention uh, and and to practice focusing. One of them is meditation, even if it's just a few minutes a day. It's a very good practice for focus. According to that uh, webinar I listened to that I mentioned, there are studies that have shown that regular meditation reduces what they called perceptual switching. Uh, that is how often subjects switched attention between two different things. Meditation is a practice that can help quiet your mind. And that has lots of benefits, but um, in a lot of different areas. Uh, but one I'm thinking of is it helps give us, strengthen our ability to just sit somewhere quietly without, you know, pulling our phone out every few minutes to get a hit of dopamine. The ability to just be and practicing meditation, even if it's just a few minutes a day of being quiet and just sort of practicing focusing on on our breath. I'm not talking about uh, a religious type of meditation, but just that sitting still and quiet and uh, breathing and and just paying attention to your breathing for a while and and practicing focusing on that. So that's, it is something that I want to work on of just being, you know, if I'm at a restaurant with my husband or someone just to be with that person, even if we're not talking at the moment, not feel like I need to pull out my phone and check something just to be doing something or getting some input, be right there in that moment. So practice focusing on things, starting with just a few minutes and, and building your capacity as you go along. The fourth thing that I thought about that's important for uh, improving our focus is is to take care of yourself. Exercise, for instance, reduces cortisol, one of the stress hormones. And so when we're stressed out, it's harder to focus because our body's in that fight or flight mode. Getting some regular ex- exercise will help with that. Uh, lack of sleep. Affects both stress levels and our ability to simply pay attention. So, what steps can you take to make sure you're getting adequate amounts of quality sleep most nights? There are a lot of things that you can do, but some simple things are to create a nighttime ritual to help yourself wind down after a busy day uh, and and establish a no screens time at least 30 minutes before bedtime. We've talked before about how the, the light from our screens and the stimulation from the stuff we're looking at on our screens can interfere with our sleep. And so at least half an hour before bedtime, turn off your phone, turn off the TV, turn off your computer, get your phone and your digital devices off your bedside table, uh, something I'm going to do, uh, and read a paper book for a few minutes instead. And and that will help your mind kind of quiet and your body slow down and help you sleep better. And just simply taking care of yourself in those simple ways can help you focus better, can help us focus better. And the next one I thought about was Uh, the the value of creating structure in our life that will help minimize distractions and improve our focus. What do I mean by structure? I mean, things like rituals that signal it's time to do a certain type of work. I know writers who uh, turn on certain kind of music when they sit down to work on their novel or light a candle or, you know, Do a couple of minutes of meditation to quiet their minds and kind of connect with the story. So, that's you know, little rituals like that can really help. I also, uh, and that's a structure you can create around the work you want to do. I also mean routines that you follow on a daily or weekly basis. Uh, that help create some structure in your days, it does a couple of things. It takes away the need to decide at every moment, well, what should I do next? Because you decided that ahead of time on uh, during this day, this time of day, I do certain things and this is the routine I follow. So I can focus my attention on what I'm doing because I don't have to think about what I'm going to do next. Another way of creating structure is time blocking. And we've talked about that a little bit in the past. It's uh, something a lot of productivity teachers talk about. Uh, That's having a certain time set aside for certain types of activity, Um, chunks of time that are devoted for specific things, whether it's uh, you block out time on a day, you block out certain weeks of the month to do things. There are two benefits, I think, of time blocking. One of them is uh, if you've set aside time specifically for certain types of activity, you can make sure you get the important things done. The other thing is those blocks of time have an end, a a starting point and an ending point. So that sets boundaries around the time you spend on less productive activities. So for instance, if you're creating blocks of time, you want to create, first of all, time, uh, those blocks for that deep work, the work that requires focused attention. That should be scheduled when you're at your freshest and you're most naturally able to focus. That's why we did that that log that we talked about earlier. We know when those times are, and when possible, we schedule our deep work for those, you know, chunks of time when we're going to focus on that project. And then we, we create a uh, time block for administrative work that requires less focus but needs to get done. It can be done, you know, typically maybe when you're tired and, and less focused. Uh, I I encourage you to block out time for review. We we talk about capturing the ideas uh, and getting them out of our mind and onto a piece of paper or something or into our task manager. But our brain will only l- stop bugging us about them if it knows that we ca- what we captured will get attention at some point. So your brain uh, capturing the ideas or the thoughts or the, whatever it is, is good, but in order for your brain to quit bugging you about it, it's got to know that you're going to review that list and you're going to do something about it. So have a regular time in your weekly routine uh, that's blocked out for reviewing and processing the things that you've captured during the week. And then block time for wh- what I just categorized as fun. The, the the things we do because we enjoy it, the the self-care, all those sorts of things. But also, for, for me, here's an example. I like watching YouTube videos about bullet journaling or other, other productivity type videos on those channels. I can, the problem is I can lose hours of time watching one after the other and just burn through a morning or, you know, so I have to put, I need to put, and I want to put boundaries around that activity instead of just randomly Uh, you know, clicking on the YouTube icon, I want to set uh, times when I will do it and use it maybe as a reward. You know, I'll watch for 30 minutes after lunch as part of a break or at the, after my workday is completed, or I'll give myself, you know, a session of a certain amount of time looking at those videos after I finish X project today. So, Blocking out time for those kinds of things puts those boundaries around it so it doesn't absorb all your time and keep you from doing the things that you really need. One other element of creating structure that will help improve our focus is just the idea of using timers to set those boundaries around our activities the we can use the pomodoro technique where you set a timer for for a period of time say 25 minutes and you use that 25 minutes to focus your attention on a specific task when the timer goes off you get up and you take a 5 minute break and you you know walk away from the project you get a drink of water you do something else and then you you know you can repeat that as often as you need to, that can do a couple of things. It can kind of let you know, I'm not going to do this forever. I'm going to do it till that timer goes off. So maybe uh, the resistance to getting started will be less, but it also... Puts an endpoint on. Uh, you can use a timer that is to put an endpoint on the the fun stuff. So maybe when I'm going to watch YouTube, I set a timer for X period of time, and when it goes off, I sh- I close YouTube and get back to work. So that kind of thing. Uh, that's a tool that we can use to to help create some structure around the things we're doing, to minimize the distractions, improve our focus. Uh, Another thing is planning ahead. Be prepared for the kinds of things that disrupt us. If you know that certain sorts of things disrupt your focus and your attention, think ahead and have a strategy in place to counteract them. So if you get distracted while you're working by ideas that you have or remembering something you need to do or something you need to buy, Keep a notepad nearby when you work, and when a, an inter, a, an idea or a reminder interrupts you, just take a quick second to jot it jot it down, uh, or you could record a quick voice memo if that works better for you. Knowing that, then you'll pay attention to it at the proper time. That time blocking thing, and then get back to work. Okay. The time blocking thing we just discussed before will help with that because you've got a time set aside for whatever that other thing is. um, So you can let it go. You know you'll get to it when the time comes. Uh, A version of this, um, if if ideas and thoughts distract you from working on things you need to do, another version of this is to journal. Set a timer and just write a stream of consciousness style, whatever's on your mind, get it all out of your head, all those things that are kind of distracting you and keeping you from focusing on your work. Get it out where you can look at it, evaluate it, and then decide to do something with it or not at, at the appropriate time. So that's one way of dealing with that kind of internal distraction. If, for instance, you get distracted by people coming into your workspace, have a strategy to deal with that. Can you close the door? Maybe put up a sign that says, uh, Thank you for not interrupting me, working on an important project. Please come back when the doors open, or you know, send me an email and I'll call you when I'm done, something like that. So, that's one way of dealing with the distraction of people coming into your workspace. Another way might be if you know you need a chunk of time to work without interruption, go somewhere else. Uh, Go to a conference room, go to Starbucks, go to the library, but go somewhere where people aren't going to be able to find you to walk in and and talk to you. But the idea is just to have some strategy ready planned for those kinds of days when you need to be able to do that work. If alerts on your phone or phone calls interrupt you, turn off the alerts, turn off the phone, put the phone in another room while you work on those focus projects. Just know that that's a problem and this is how I'm going to deal with it. If, uh, like a lot of us do, you get sucked into a social media wormhole when you should be working, close those apps or try, and if if your self-control isn't strong enough, try apps like Freedom the Freedom app, which lets you, it's installed on your computer, it lets you block access to say social media sites or whatever you choose for the period of time you specify. So you just can't get into those, uh, to Facebook or Instagram or whatever your, uh, social media app of choice is, uh, for until that period of time has expired, um, And if your phone is interrupting time with friends or loved ones because you're sitting at, you know, at a restaurant or in the living room and you keep checking your phone, just turn it off or put it away. Know that about yourself. If that's something you want to work on, have that strategy in place to deal with it. Uh, The next one would be to minimize physical distractions. And there are a number of ways you can do that. Uh, Number one is to keep a clean, organized workspace, both physical and digital. Uh, clear your desk or work table of everything except the essentials for the project that you're wanting to focus on. Get those files off your computer desktop into folders where you're not seeing them and they're not kind of just catching your eye all the time. Um, Close all the apps except the one you're actually using. Delete apps from your computer or your phone that you don't use. Turn off the alerts. I can't stress enough how valuable it can be to simply turn off the alerts, so you don't get a ping when you get a Facebook like or a Twitter, you know, a tweet comes through or any of those kind of things. Turn off all the alerts so none of those things can be interrupting you when you should be focusing on something else, whether that something else is, you know, a, a work project or a conversation with someone you care about. A fewer distractions to steal your attention and interrupt your work or your leisure. There are lots of ways that you can, you know, do that by clearing that clutter out of your workspace. Uh, again, if interruptions by coworkers are a problem, talk to them about it. Or you could propose an office-wide practice of of having a a certain period of the day set aside as kind of do not disturb time when everybody can do their focused work. There's no meetings scheduled during that time. Nobody calls each other. You don't email each other. You're just heads down working. I heard, and I can't remember where I heard this recently, Uh, I think it was a podcast guest, but I don't remember which podcast was talking about their company that has a practice where mornings before a certain time, and I don't remember what the time was, but uh, before a certain time of day, mornings at their office are set aside as this sort of focused work time just like I was just describing, that's where I, I thought that's such a great idea if you can get the rest of the, 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 the office on board with that, it's going to be benefit everybody to have that time where they we know we can work without interruption. and And so that's something to think about. A third one would be when you need to focus, find or create a quiet environment. Get rid of the noise so that you have fewer sensory inputs, fewer things to interrupt or or disturb you. Either silence, somewhere you can go where it's silent, or uh, maybe play calm, quiet instrumental music, or something like Focus at Will that uh, plays playlists that are designed to help uh, calm your brain and help you focus. These kinds of Things, turning on music, for instance, a certain kind of music, can help prime your brain for focused work on a particular project or a type of project by having a particular playlist specifically for that project that you play only when you're working on that. I mentioned earlier, I have friends who are novelists or who create a playlist of songs that kind of puts them in the mood for the type of writing they're doing and they play it whenever they sit down to work on that story. And pretty soon your brain just knows to kick into work mode when that music turns on. So that's that can be a real helpful thing. Uh, Another way of minimizing those physical distractions is just changing locations. Find or create a place that's just for a certain type of work you do and go where you won't be interrupted when you need to focus on a project. We talked about that before. And then finally, of the the things we can do to um, increase our focus and minimize interruptions and all that sort of thing to get better at staying focused on what matters is remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. So when you decide you're going to take on a certain project or work on a certain thing, write a couple sentences in your journal or somewhere uh, about why you're going to do it, what you expect to get out of it, what the result will be, how you expect to feel when you've accomplished it. Write that down, post it somewhere where you can see it and remind yourself of it when you're feeling unmotivated. I mean, the, the fact is we seldom lose focus when we're doing something we're really passionate about. And so if we can resurrect that why when we're doing something, uh, it can help us get back to, to focus. So those are a few of the things that I thought about um, uh, that I'm going to be putting into practice in my own life as I kind of use focus as one of those guideposts that chris brogan talks about uh, toward accomplishing some of the goals that i have for myself this year uh, i've i it's been interesting to me to do a little research about the things that interfere with focus come up with ways of uh, of dealing with it and and improving my own focus I would love to know what you think. Do you struggle with staying focused on the things that you need or want to do, or are you really good at it? how How do you stay focused when you need to? Do you have strategies that you use that I didn't talk about? Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So you can share those with me. A couple different ways you can share your questions, your thoughts, your ideas in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which again, you'll find along with the the links to the resources I mentioned at theproductivewoman.com slash 173. You can also post a comment or a question on the Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. Uh, I would love to get feedback there and have a conversation about how different ones in the community are getting their stuff done and and staying focused. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and I would love to hear from you. Uh, One favor I would ask of you as we're getting started with the new year, I would love to grow the community. And so if you would like to help me do that, I'd love it if you would uh, tell a friend about the Productive Woman podcast, help them subscribe. If you think this episode might be useful to them or any episode for that matter, you can share it with them by using the social sharing buttons that are right there in every episode on the website. Uh, Those are a couple of things you can do to help spread the word about the Productive Woman. Uh, get, Get the folks in who might contribute to the conversation, might benefit from the things we're talking about. I would appreciate that very much. I always appreciate seeing um, when folks take a minute to review the podcast in iTunes. That's just good feedback for me. And you can do that at theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes. Uh, You can go there to subscribe to the show to uh, leave a review, that sort of thing. I want to say a special thank you to a couple folks who have left reviews real recently. Um, Georgie McDee from Australia, recently left a review. She titled, um, love the podcast and said, one of my favorite podcasts, I look forward to it eagerly each week. Laura is down to earth and provides wonderful information. Plus she interviews inspiring and interesting people. Thank you, Laura. Well, thank you, Georgie McD. I appreciate those kind words. And then interestingly, I got another, uh, another review recently from Jess the vet, who's also from Australia. Uh, left a review titled productivity gems for your complete life. And Jess the vet says, I've been listening to Laura for over two years. And I'm always impressed with the breadth and depth of her productivity content. I used to subscribe to many traditional and uh, says i.e., white collar male focused podcasts, but was always frustrated by the expectation that I had only one job to focus on. We know this is very rare for the majority of women in the workforce, we don't clock off at the end of the day. We come home to cooking, cleaning, child and pet care. I listen to The Productive Woman daily, and it has been essential to in helping me to stay sane while juggling my roles as a busy veterinarian who manages a large hospital, as a wife, as a new mother, and as a soon-to-be small business owner. Uh, my favorite TPW podcast series was Dream to Done, and I listen to it regularly for guidance as I work on my new business in my limited spare time. Above all else, this podcast reminds me every day that productivity is not just about being busy, but about making a life that matters. Thank you, Laura. You've, you've guided, supported, and inspired women all over the globe. Sorry, that's I, I so much appreciate the, those kind words. Thank you, Just the Vet. Um, I'm excited about your soon-to-be small business owner thing. I'd love it if you'd send me an email and let me know how that's going for you. Uh, but anyway, thank you both of you for those kind words about the podcast and uh, the encouragement that that gives me. Um, don't forget to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks, and the, that 30-day unrestricted free trial they're offering to Productive Woman listeners. Just go to freshbooks.com slash woman and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section and uh, give it a try. And thank you so much to FreshBooks fresh books for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of the podcast. As always, I'm so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I, I sincerely do hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.